Welcome to Entrepreneur Yet. For those of us, sometimes called side hustlers, trying to keep their head on straight while balancing building a business while holding down that nine to five. And I'm your host, Sasha Korobov. Well, hello, and welcome to the show. Today, I really just wanted to chat with you because while I adore my amazing guests, I realize that it's been a pretty long while since it's been just you and me chatting. And the topic today is a juicy one. So I just wanted it to be a little more personal, just you and me. Now, what made me think of this is as we are starting to feel our way around to a new reality from the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm sure a lot of us have thought about what we want for ourselves when things sort of start to open up again, depending on where you are in the phase of the reopening and all that. This will undoubtedly include how you as a side hustler want to grow your business if you're dreading physically returning to the office to your nine to five. And I'm happy to share with you that despite what the big marketing machines out there say, there are actually free ways to grow your business, even if you have very limited time. And one of those free and easy ways to grow is to get yourself onto podcasts. Podcasts have been magical for my business. They have grown my following. They have led to out of the blue bookings for sales calls on my calendar. They have connected me with like-minded entrepreneurs, which has been priceless because I know I've talked about this. You should be building these support circles as you grow. So I can't say enough good things about podcasting. The secret magic in here about podcasting is that Instead of spinning your wheels trying to grow your audience by yourself through endless hours on like social media or whatever, you're getting in front of someone else's established audience that they have spent a bunch of time and attention building already. So if a podcast host puts you in front of their audience, they're vouching for you and they're saying, look, this woman's legit. She's legit enough that I trust her to be in front of you, my gorgeous audience that I have spent so much time developing. So it's like instant cred with people who are primed and ready to hear your message. It's also instant credibility because especially if you're newer and you haven't had a ton of clients yet, you know, you don't have this huge roster of success stories and testimonials and stuff like that, you can be featured on podcasts as a guest and start slapping logos on your website of where you've been featured and use that cred to pitch other podcasts or magazines or just look like more of an authority in your space to prospective gorgeous clients who might be looking at your webpage. It positions you as a thought leader or expert in your field, even if you haven't had the client roster yet to back that up. And all you have to do is sit and chat with some awesome host for 30 to 45 minutes. It's 100% free. There is no downside to this approach. And as you, I'm getting a little fired up, as you can, as you can detect, I feel very strongly about this. And the reason for that is because I want you to be able to have that much fun and ease in growing your side hustle too, because it doesn't need to be so hard and you don't have to buy another flipping course to do it. And I say this as someone who has been guilty of serial course purchasing. So no judgment over here, I promise. Like you're in you're in good, similar company. But there is an easier way. And one of those easier ways 
I will talk about today again is podcast because there are a couple but today we're talking about podcasting. So to get a little meta on you here at the Entrepreneur Yet podcast, I am pleased with just happy, glittery, fluffy feathers to say that we are growing. Uh, I don't know why I said we. <laughs> it's only me. I do this by myself. That's probably some mindset issues I have to work through. But moving swiftly along, my show is growing. It's reaching people I didn't expect. It's creating some amazing opportunities. And it's letting me talk to some of the coolest people around. Every day, I am grateful that I get the chance to do this. But with that growth comes some pretty interesting and surprising lessons along the way. So if you want to include getting on podcasts in your business growth and strategy, which I strongly recommend for the reasons I outlined, I want to be in service to you today from the perspective of a podcast host with a growing show on what not to do and what to do instead when you're pitching to different shows, including a little framework that you can just follow to take the guesswork out. It's basically a five-point cheat sheet to maximize your success. So get your notepad and your pen ready. Now, why am I doing this? <sighs> this all came about because I am receiving some excellent pitches from people who want to guest on the show. So I want to share what's awesome about those pitches that I'm getting. But I'm also receiving some pitches that are really mostly very good, that only have one or two things that sort of made me go, oh, MG, you should probably avoid that. Um, and I've also received, luckily, just one or two of what I will call LOL, no thank you pitches, because that's basically what I blurt out alone in my office when I read them. So this is meant to be just... Again, like I said, a quick and dirty little guide for you because pitching is actually pretty straightforward and easy. But because it's us doing the pitching, we tend to overthink and overcomplicate it totally unnecessarily. So get the pen and paper. Let's dive in. Let's start with pitching don't, number one. And that is don't write a pitch that assumes it's a yes. What do I mean? When you're asking to be on someone's show, you are effectively asking for an invitation to an amazing gallery opening or something like that. You're not booking an appointment at a hair salon, for lack of a better metaphor. You're requesting something as opposed to just assuming that something is wide open and free and clear for you to book at your women at your fancy. So podcast hosts are under no obligation to have you on their show, even if they really would like you very much. And it's likely that they field a number of pitches weekly or even daily. I got a couple of friends who I've met through the show and their pitch load is ridiculous. So a little humility goes a long way here. And I personally am more inclined to say yes to a pitch that says, if you see this as a good fit, let me know what the next steps are to book over another pitch that would say, cool, so what time would work? Like, and, and what are you going to send me in advance? Or like, whatever, you know, the different tone. And I know that it sounds counterintuitive, because you would think that assuming a yes shows more confidence. And confidence is awesome. And confidence means higher chances of a yes. Nah. Again, humility here um, is going to go longer than an inflated sense of confidence. 
So I know what I've covered it, but the what to do instead here is to propose instead of assume. It just strikes a friendlier and more collaborative tone that will be appreciated by the host and increase your chances of being booked on. So let's skip on over to pitching don't number two. Please don't write the next Twilight series novel in an email. Podcast producing, like you're sitting here and you're listening to the podcast, right? You're tilling. You're like, you're walking or you're sitting or you're on public transport once that's allowed after things open up again. Um, You know, it's just a bite-sized piece of content that you consume. But podcast producing and hosting actually takes a lot of time. Um, For each episode from start to finish on my show, for example... It has never taken me under four hours, and there have been a couple of episodes that have taken closer to seven to produce. So hosts are busy. And let me just say that I get it. When you're sitting down, you're nervous, you're writing this email, you're putting together this pitch. I know it's tempting to write a lot because you want to make sure that you include any and every possible relevant justification or like, you know, kudos for yourself for the host to say yes to you being a guest and you don't want to miss anything. But more is not better here. And we really only need a few simple points covered in a pitch. Now this is the gold. If you had the pen and paper in your hand and you set it down, please pick it back up. (laughs) Because if you take notes on any one part of the episode today, it's this. Here is the simple framework to use to send your pitch. Four main points. The first point, a greeting, which includes how you heard about the show. So hosts like to know what's working and how far, like far widely their show is reaching. So like, you know, hey, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, I'm so, I'm just writing today. I heard your show from this particular thing. Um, The second point that you want to include your pitch is what you do and who you serve. So like, what is the relevance of why you are writing today? Like, who are you? (laughs) The third point, and this is probably the most important one. This is the gold. How you serve the host's listeners if you are to appear on their show. How you can help their show. It is not about you. Even though you are the one pitching, it is about the host and it is about their audience more importantly. So is there a content gap you can fill? Look for something that is complementary and not competitive. So if I am a podcast host and I specialize in... um, kitten adoption and kitten fostering and, and, you know, all of that stuff. And my specialty is how to (laughs) facilitate, you know, easier water drinking for kittens, whatever. Um, Please don't pitch to like me that you also want to help kittens learn how to drink water out of a bowl better because like, that's my whole jam. And that's what I talk about. So like, while I talk about kittens drinking water, you might talk about like how to have the more restful naps. Like you're both in the kitten space and like the fostering space, but like you're not trying to, you know, come steal my spotlight of kittens drinking water. That is an absurd (laughs) example, but hopefully you get the idea. Complimentary, not competitive. So you are not asking to go toe to toe with the host's, you know, zone of genius. You're asking if you can offer something to their listeners that might be useful in the space that they're already in. 
The final part of your pitch should be to propose three to four topics to discuss. And this leads us right into the pitching don't number three. Please do not make the host guess what to talk about. (laughs) As I mentioned in point two, you should have topics prepared to discuss on your show. And it's just a couple of bullets. And here's why. There is a good chance that the host has no idea who you are. Okay, and look, you and I know you're really awesome, obviously. But the host getting that pitch may not have ever heard of you. So please don't just like drop your Instagram handle or website or whatever to say like, here's my info, let's chat. No, they're time starved. Like I said, a lot of hours to produce a show and that's just a small part of their bigger business, right? So give them three to four bullets on what you can discuss on the show and you better make sure that they are related to the host's audience. Yes, this takes a little digging and knowing what they're about, but this research really won't take that long. Just listen to an episode or two and it will go the distance in upping your chances of being on the show. Pitching don't number four. Now, (laughs) this might not seem like a big deal, but it does make a difference. And that is, please do not lead in your pitch with your own booking links and propose logistics. Let me explain. Now, I have a gorgeous automation in place for my show. When someone books with me, they get a little bundle bounced back to them automatically of what to expect, how to get information to me, like a headshot and a bio, social media links, all those things that I roll up in the show notes um, for you, my gorgeous listener. So like, please don't mess with my flow. (laughs) There is a chance that, I mean, okay, for the majority of us, especially solopreneurs, who have not outsourced podcast production, we have spent time, trial and error, and expertise putting these little dominoes in place and all for good reason. To make our lives easier and for making an easier and more pleasant user experience for the guest. So unless it's like, you know, a pretty big fish that wants to come on my show, I would really prefer that a guest use my links just to keep things organized. And so I know without any second guess or doubt that both myself as the host and the guest of the show will instantly have everything in place to maximize the experience and just make for a great show with easy logistics. So please defer to the host booking logistics when you can, which is almost all of the time. Pitching don't number five, we're winding down to the last sort of main nugget here. Don't pitch blindly. Know the host and show that you have done a little research. Hosts can sniff out a generic drag and drop template from a mile away. Now, you may be tempted to use a template because it may save time and allow you to put out a higher volume of pitches. But the likelihood that any of these are good pitches that will be accepted, I guarantee you, are significantly smaller. Um, So if you have 50 generic pitches versus 10 solid, well-researched pitches, guaranteed you're going to have a higher acceptance rate on those 10 versus the 50. So again, listen back to point number two about the simple pitch structure and follow it. It doesn't need to be fancy. 
does need to feel like you've put some thought into it. Podcast hosts put a lot of thought into their shows. They really, you know, want to put out something amazing for you. So it's just a courtesy to make sure you do just that little bit of research before you pitch. And here is a final thing. We'll call it a bonus pro tip because I'm not going to say it's a don't, but it's more of a warning to be careful. And here it is. And like, this is controversial. So I'm whatever. Be really careful with hiring pitching agencies if that's something that you are considering. And here's why. When you are pitching to a podcast, you are a person asking to connect with another person so that real people out there can connect with you. You're asking to participate in a forum that's really personal and I mean, kind of intimate, right? Like you're, you're speaking with someone one-on-one or two-on-one for a long time. And so to receive a cold pitch from a third party as a host just feels a little impersonal. And again, this could be totally preference. This is just me. Um, but when I get those, it feels a little bit like, okay, I'm probably in a pool of like a dozen other shows being pitched to that day. And it's sort of like, mm, meh. Not a whole lot of humanity in it when a podcast conversation can be a very human thing. And this is, of course, totally different from being introduced by someone that the host knows as a third party, right? Like I've, I have other friends who are podcasters. I definitely write them notes and say, hey, I know this awesome person. I think they'd be great for your show. Would you like me to introduce you? Like that's also out of the blue, but it's a warm connection because, you know, we're all connected. But that's another show entirely. And I do have a training on that, but never mind. For now, I'm just talking about these podcast pitching agencies that send you cold pitches when you've never heard of them as the agency before and you've never heard of their guests that they're pitching. I will say as a disclaimer before agency people start coming after me that I have said yes to people who have pitched me through an agency. There's no like blind hatred here on this. Um, Those people, those agencies, there was a little research done about my show and it wasn't just some bland, obvious drag and drop template. And I know that all agencies aren't created equal, so don't hate. (laughs) I have said yes to a few of those pitches, but I'm just sharing what I experience on the receiving end of these pitches. And for me, a personal pitch from the person I'd actually be speaking with is a much faster track to a yes from me, especially like right now, I've got interviews booked for the next two or three months. So I'm not... I love guests and I'm always, you know, open to receiving pitches, but I'm not like desperate and hurting for guests right now. So if I get something that's sort of like third party and impersonal, I'm kind of like, I I can put this in the later or the no pile. It's just easier. Um, And I also bring this up, the second little soapbox I'll get on about this. I feel very strongly about this because there are two things that side hustlers tend to be short on on any given day, and that's time and money. So I'm not a financial advisor and I don't know your personal financial situation. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about a side hustler, though, spending precious coin on something they could do for themselves fairly easily and quickly, especially with the framework outlined in number two of our list today. And as an entrepreneur, and especially a solopreneur, you should always be 
doing a little bit of a cost benefit analysis of what you're throwing money at. And again, no shame, serial course buyer here in recovery. But you should also make sure that you're going to get the most bang for your buck. And if you have meager resources to go toward your side hustle, well, that's something to consider when you're thinking about pitching podcasts. Just give yourself six or so months first before you consider hiring someone and really give it a good effort. Put out dozens, at least dozens of pitches, Um, especially because it's pretty easy to just do it yourself if you follow the tips that I'm outlining here and don't overthink it. (laughs) And again, the crux of all of this is that it just feels more personal to get it from you, which will help your chances of getting a yes, at least from this tiny but mighty show though I know a lot of shows are different. Okay, so like I said, getting featured on podcasts is a great way to grow your traffic and business for free. And bonus, it's evergreen. People will continue to find you over weeks, months, and even years. It's just the gift that keeps on giving, right? You don't have to buy another shiny marketing course to do this. You just have to be willing to show up and be consistent. Podcasting is just one example of one of the free and effective strategies you can use to grow your business in a way that's just a lot more effortless <laughs> than than a lot of the stuff out there. So with that, I'm wondering what is tripping you up in your side hustle? Is the thought of going back to the office after the pandemic, like physically going back, giving you a lump in your throat and a queasy feeling in your little spirit? Well, I hear you. And While I feel your pain, it doesn't have to feel like a scary monster is hiding under your bed. So for the next two weeks, here's what I'm going to do. I am opening up my side hustle clinic for five people so that I can be in service to you in these weird times. Side hustle clinic, what does that mean? Here's what that looks like. I've dropped a link in the show notes to book a free 20-minute side hustle clinic diagnosis chat with me. You'll tell me about your side hustle, where you think you're getting stuck, and I'll tell you what you may want to consider doing more or less of to get some traction for free. And yeah, we'll also talk about if there may be ways for me to further support you. But either way, you're going to leave the call with some clarity on what to do next in your business and become unstuck in the side hustling hamster wheel. Please leave that wheel to the hamsters, okay? So, Hit that link and get into the free side hustle clinic before its doors close in a few short weeks because I can't do this stuff forever. I do look forward to learning more about you because I guarantee you some of the things that you might feel tripped up on probably have much easier fixes than you think. So, but until then, until we chat, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you are safe. I hope you are well, and I will catch you for next week's episode. And as always, never forget... You're awesome, and so is your business. Take care.